Stay tuned for another sports presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. It's time for Sports Buzz, WMUL's weekly sports talk show with a competitive twist. Four enter, but only one will leave as this week's champion of current sports topics. And now, here's this week's moderator. And welcome into this week's edition of Sports Buzz. It is our first edition of the semester, so glad to have everybody back. I know this is a favorite show of ours among the sports staff at WMUL. We love getting in here and debating back and forth with each other. And as you heard in our intro there, we've got a little bit of a competitive twist. We've got four contestants tonight and we'll eliminate one by one. We'll eventually have a winner of Sports Buzz for the week. So without any further ado, we'll go ahead and let them introduce themselves. Uh, we'll, We'll start with the two that weren't just on the air since you just heard them a little bit, but We'll go ahead and let them go around and introduce themselves. Cower? Uh, I'm Ben Cower. All right, now I got the mic. All right, uh, fun to be back. Year two. You're all going down. My name is Elijah Shabazz. Um, first year here. I'm glad to be around the boys and my first time on the show, so I'm looking to be precise and detailed. Let Andrews go first. Uh, Justin Zimmer, third year here. Uh, excited to be on the show tonight, and uh, I'll hand it over to uh, Andrew Rogers. You can sit down now, Justin. Okay. You're making me nervous moving the table. He's excited. He's very excited. Andrew Rogers, though, year four. Do you Can't have your believe. notebook, Justin? No, I still have my notes from the last show. <laughs> For those who don't know, Justin takes notes during this show. He's got to keep track of what we're saying. I have paper here. I'm good. You're good? Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) All righty, guys. Well, we'll go ahead and get into things here. Our first question, as you could guess, with me as the host, we're going straight into baseball. You know, have to do it while I'm in charge. Might as well. So, the American League MVP looks like it is just... Otani's running away with it. You can't convince me that he's not winning it. So, I want to know from you guys, who do you think is going to win the National League MVP? We'll start things off with Justin Zimmer. Well, I think the National League MVP, I think it's, I think Christian, you mentioned, you talked about Otani is running away with the American League. I think what he's doing in the American League is just, it's the equivalent of Babe Ruth. It's like the modern equivalent of it. National League, I'm going to go with Tatis. I think he's had a very good season in San Diego. I think you talk about San Diego, they're kind of on the, now they're in that competitive window. He's been very good this year. You know, he's, he's got 25, home, no, he doesn't have 25 anymore, but. He had, he had 25 leading in the break. He was one of the leaders at the break. But also, he comes off this injury stint, and now he's playing the outfield. So he's been really flexible for, for the Padres. And Padres have got a lot of cooks in the kitchen and the infield. So being able to put Tatis in the outfield and him still being able to play successfully is very going to be very key for them, not only in the postseason, but also in the future because they're, they're, they're worried about his shoulder. So I'd go with Tatis because I think, to me, a most valuable player is a very key asset. Without Tatis, that team does not play as well as they do. So... I'll go Tatis for uh, NL MVP. I'll, I guess I'll go with Tatis too. Uh, I mean, it's pretty undeniable at this point. He's, I mean, he leads the NL in homers, 33. He's got 23 steals. 
Uh, I mean, he's got a six six seventy three uh, in slugging and a one point oh five OPS. Um, but if he stays healthy, that's his big concern. If uh, if Tatis can stay healthy, then he's basically got it in the bag at this point. But if you know if he does get injured, uh, I'd say next up is Bryce Harper. Where oh, Harper, come on. Yeah. Come uh, well, I'm saying I said Tatis is come he's got on, it in the bag. Harper. But listen, I, he's having the best season he's had since <laughs> being That's what on I was the Nets. Get oh, to, yeah. good call. He had the yes. highest OPS he's, since 2015. Mm-hmm. Okay, how many homers did he have in 2015? I don't know. 42. How many homers does he have this year? Not 42, but... It's 42 at the end of the he year. He has still been solid, and he's definitely <laughs> a top three candidate in the NL. Behind Tatis. And then you could even throw Max Muncie in. Max Muncie's been really good because that's a what Dodgers team. Well, let me get to my Dodgers okay. point here. Matt Muncie is a guy that in a year where Seager and Bellinger, there's another name I'm, I can't remember and then think of for L.A. that's been battling injuries all year. And Max Muncie's been a stability in that lineup. He's been really good. I think close to, what, 30 home runs this year. So he's been really good, and nobody really expected him to be as good as he's been. So he's definitely another candidate you could throw in the mix there. But I think Tatis probably will run away with it, but Harper and Muncie do have really good cases. Can, can I real quick go over Harper's stat line just to re- 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 reiterate this point here real quick? Okay, he's yeah, right 90, 23 homers, 52 RBIs, 12 stolen bases and a .067 OPS. Yeah, his, his average isn't even in the top 10 in the league. You're going to make that your MVP? His Tatis. I, I can pull up Tatis's average. I believe it's in the 300s, though. Last I checked. I don't think it is. It's not? It went down? Okay. <laughs> so how can Tatis have a lower batting average and not be in the top 10, Justin? 287. I mean, they're That's lower. By .3. So you're... Your point about Bryce Harper's batting average not being in the top 10 is the same for Bryce Harper, or for the same for Fernando Tatis. Right, but here's the thing with Harper. Harper, number one, is not is he's not been as good for the Phillies as as he's as, as they paid him to be. That's fair. I am still I'm still questioning the difference in batting average. Last time I checked, it was 300 for Tatis. I thought he was in the 300s. So he's been struggling. Yes. So the race well, yeah, is not he's as been tight injured right now. He's been injured. Now he's he's first off he's learning a new position. Let's just let's just remember that he's an infielder. Now he's trying to play outfield. Adjustment's not easy. Very few guys actually are successful at it. So give him a, I'll give him a little slack there. But um, honestly, I just feel like um, Tatis is a phenomenal player. He's very precise and detailed on the field. I feel like he's a great um infielder and um who wouldn't who wouldn't pay a guy if you look at his contract it's 14 years for 340 million dollars a guy like that he's a generational player um he's very valuable to the organization so i feel like um if if somebody's willing to pay a player like that um he's going to go above and beyond for them so i feel like he might pull away with it i hope he does but um i feel like you have um some competition behind him so i look forward to seeing who runs away with it yeah, a lot of really good answers there. I like that debate. And just just put in my two cents a little bit as well. I know I was the host, so I can't really answer. But I feel like batting average is becoming less and less important as everybody's just trying to hit the home run now. But yeah, that's think... an argument for another day. Just wanted to get that in there. You said hit singles and doubles. You got, if, you, if you don't play small ball, you're not going to win. 
Uh, I mean, I think it's all about, about the OPS now, on base plus slugging. Yeah. If you can numbers. get on base and slugging, it's about the quality of your hit, not the quantity. But we'll, we'll get into the next okay. next question here. So I want to know, who's going to win the American League East? <laughs> it seemed like the Red Sox, they were there in first place for almost all of the year. Then after the All-Star break, they've started to fall apart. The Rays have just been steady all year. They're in first place at the moment. Lead the Yankees by four games, but the Yankees have won 11 straight. They were very aggressive at the trade deadline. It looks like it's paying off. It's a close three-team race. Who's going to win it? We'll start this one off with Ben. I'm going to go with the Yankees on this one. I mean, they're on a roll right now, undeniably. I mean, like you said, so it was 11 in a row, just to make sure. Uh, I mean, they, like you said, they went all in at the trade deadline. They, I, I mean, all they have to do is if they stay healthy again, and they just got to keep the momentum up. Uh, but, I mean, Yankees have clearly the momentum right now. I mean, the Rays aren't on that bad of a current record. I mean, they are, I believe, 7-3 and three in the last 10 games or so, uh, which is solid. Uh, and they got a better home record than the Yankees, but I, I mean, the Yankees haven't lost in 11 games, and you know, who's to say that's going to stop anytime soon? Uh, clearly, they got it. Will how? Why? They're playing the A's. A's are another good ball club. A's but are, are they better than the Yankees? I think they could beat them. Yes. Where are those games being played? Are they being played uh, in New York or uh, in the Coliseum in Oakland? Because the Yankees have a much better, uh, they have a good away record too. So I mean, I, uh, I would I would go with the Yankees on this one because again they went in all in at the deadline. Uh, they got the momentum right now. Yankees. To me, the Yankees <laughs> have won eleven in a row. Justin, are you all right? Go on, Vic. He's getting flustered. <laughs> Don't get too flustered. I debated him over the. I told him that the A's weren't going to beat the Yankees. See, to me, the four Yankees have soon. won 11 in a row, and they're still four games back. Can I don't think they can stay at the pace they're at because they have to because Tampa Bay has just been so good. That Tampa Bay is 30 games above 500, and still, you could say relatively arm's length away from New York. Although one series sweep for the Yankees over Tampa Bay here at some point in late August or into September could flip the. A scenario and what happens in that AL East division, but I don't see that happening. Tampa Bay has been too consistent and reliable all season, and I don't know if the Yankees will continue at this pace. Now they could because they have so much momentum, but I don't see them continuing to ride what's been a really good uh, stretch run here in August. And and I totally agree on that. I, I just feel like um, the Rays are coming off a championship run, um, but I, at the same time, I feel like um, due to COVID, um, like having a full stadium and things like that, it can play play a factor into like the wins and losses. But honestly, I could say the Yankees they're on the strong run, and I feel like the Yankees could pull pull away with winning the World Series or just even winning the AL the AL East. So um, the Yankees, and if you look at their home and away record, it's prim- it's primarily the same. Like the the Yankees have a thirty nine and twenty five record, and then. The Rays have a 41 and 23 record, so it's pretty close. So um, we'll see, but I feel like the Yankees will come off because they 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 got something to prove because the Rays won it last year, and I feel like the Yankees they're not letting up. So um, that's my take on it. If the Rays do stay 
at, at the, or if they don't stay at the pace they've been at and they kind of fall off a little bit, keep it on the Red Sox, too, because they're only six and a half back. And, again, in baseball, one week and you could be a game back. Yes. Well, I, I don't believe the Yankees are going to win their division. I think they're going to be the Walker team. I, I just looked at their schedule here. They're going to play five teams above 500 the next month and a half. Oakland this week, Oakland for four this weekend. The Mets on that September 11th series. They're going to have to play Boston. They're going to have to play Toronto. And they're going to have to play Tampa Bay. The, they have three teams in their own division that are above 500. And each team is very good. Toronto has, Toronto's young. I think Toronto's starting to maybe begin to fizzle out. And Boston and Tampa are very good teams. Are the Yankees going to be in the wild card? Most likely. I think, they, I think they're going to kick the A's out of the wild card. But I don't see them winning their division because Yankees got a tough road home. Going to look at Boston's schedule now. Boston's road's a little more. Let me see where we are. are. Boston's schedule here. Look at. I mean, Boston the rest of the way actually pretty fairly easy. They're going to. They only have really one tough series against the uh, the White Sox, and then Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's schedule the rest of the way. Not too bad. Like Tampa Bay's playing the least amount of trouble. All they got is Houston and, and the Yankees. That's like they're in Boston. That's like their last three trouble teams. So give me the race to win the division because the schedule's a lot easier. I just wanted to make one quick point on that because the Astros, who the Yankees will be playing, uh, the A's. Or, the, the Rays play the Astros. Oh, Rays play the yeah, Astros. Yeah, Rays play the Astros late in September. Interesting. Okay, then uh, scratch my point. Oops. <laughs> right. Next topic. Alrighty, well, we'll go ahead and segue into our next topic here. Football is king. Everybody knows that. So we'll, we'll go ahead and talk a little football here. Uh, preseason winding down. I believe it's the last week of preseason games this week. I want to know from you. We've got two preseason questions here. We go ahead and do both at once. Who has been the player that has impressed you the most this preseason? And then what team has impressed you the most this preseason? And we're going to start things off with Elijah. Um, how you doing today? Um, I just feel like um, Darius Hodge, he's a graduate of Marshall University. Um, he was a defensive end that stood out um, in 2020 with 63 tackles, 9 tackles for loss, and 6.5 sacks. Um, I feel like he has true potential to be an outstanding player in the NFL. Um, he, was a, he was an undrafted free agent, but he did very well in the preseason. So I feel like he secured him a spot on the 53-man roster. Um, and I think he's going to run with it and try to be successful at his position. So um, just keep an eye, eye out on Darius um, Hodge. He's a DN from Marshall University um, that got drafted as an undrafted free agent. But he has true potential. And um, just keep an eye on this guy, Darius Hodge. All right. I'll go with uh, – I'm not, I'm not going to go the Marshall route. I'm going to go with the uh, the uh, maybe future quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Dwayne Haskins. I think he's uh, – Andrew's back. I'm, trying to get, I'm not trying to get points here. I think he's done really impressive. I know you're not trying to get points, but you're <coughs> the third string. Well, I think he's done impressive. He's a though. former first-round pick. He needs to look good against the, the third and fourth string. I, I'm not concerned about that. I, I think he's looked very good. First of all, you've heard no issues from Pittsburgh. Washington, every time Haskins was on, there was some issue. Something bad was happening. And I think he's in a better situation because you look at last year, he was supposed to be the star in Washington. Well, what happened? Okay, let's, we'll, we'll avoid the incident, what happened Christmas week. But by the time he got the starting job, the whole building was based practically burning around him because he had that bombshell expose in the post, and then you had the whole team name change. So 
this is his time to really settle in as a quarterback, and I think he's really starting to show potential of what he could be. And Matt Canada, who was the OC and head coach at Maryland in 2018, I think they're bringing a lot of the Big Ten, well, a lot of what Haskins said at Ohio State over to the NFL. Is he taking Big Ben's job this year? No. When Big, I said he's putting it in position for when Big Ben retires. You know, the potential new quarterback of the Steelers could be uh, Dwayne Haskins. Okay, okay. I'm going to go with Marquez Callaway, wide receiver from the New Orleans Saints. Coming off a really good Monday night performance against the Jaguars. Five catches, 104 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Had a good performance, I think, in uh, week one as well. Caught like three or four passes. Didn't have a touchdown, though, uh, in week one. But that's a wide receiver group where with Michael Thomas – Injured and who knows when he'll see the field, whether it's October, November, if at all, in a New Orleans uniform again. They don't really have a whole lot. They they just don't have a whole lot offensively at wide receiver. Traquan (laughs) Smith comes back as the most experienced guy, um, and he's not really a wide receiver one. He's not really a go-to guy. And then outside of that, they don't have a whole lot tight end. Uh, Jared Cook, I believe, is gone. So Adam Troutman's been getting more work. So it's a group where... You, you think Jameis Winston, who looked good in week two of the preseason, is probably going to be the starting quarterback, but they don't really have a whole lot on the outside. And Marquez Callaway has been really good. Taysom Hill's not going to start. It's going to be Winston. Um, but they just don't have a whole lot on the outside. And Marquez Callaway stood out, especially in week two, and could be uh, a really good pick uh, and a good spot on the outside for New Orleans. Well, when Winston throws three, three picks week one, you'll see who's the start of week two. Jameis Winston? No, Again, no, no. they're not going to give up on him after one week. Yeah, he's looking. Have great you compared the their stats in the preseason? Are just it's night and day. I'm not worried about the preseason. I'm worried about the actual season. But it's a it's a it's a competition right now. I you get that. the preseason does matter. I get that, but it's uh, an open competition. Have you looked at Hill's contract? It's a little massive. Yeah. So but you're not going to start your four year? I think it was like one eighty. He's always been a gadget player. You know, they, you can still use him in other ways if he's not the starting quarterback. They did, Drew Brees did. If the you same flipped thing. his contract and Winston's contract, then it would still look roughly the same. Yeah. All right. Uh, for me, for player that has impressed me the most, uh, that's tough. I it's tough to choose between Justin Fields and Mac Jones because both of them have done exactly what they needed to do, which is prove people wrong. Where everybody was, you know, there's the stigma around. <laughs> they both they both come from colleges where there's stigmas around their QBs, you know, QB programs, where, uh, you know, Alabama QBs don't always succeed in the NFL. And then obviously there's the argument with Ohio State QBs, where it's a system, uh, or was, and who knows, maybe still is. But they've done exactly what they've needed to do, upon uh, getting in the NFL. Uh, Fields impressed immediately. I mean, he had one bad drive and then, you know, blew the doors open. And Mac Jones hasn't shown, you know, he's not walking out there. He's not Tom Brady, but he has shown enough composure and talent. You know, dare I say, maybe the most talented QB to step on the field there since Brady, because uh, Cam is a mess up there right now. Uh, and I mean, they're considering starting Mac Jones, especially with all the latest drama with Newton. So it's if I had to choose one of them, I would probably lean Mac Jones. But I, I think both of them have done a terrific job. And then for team that has done the best job, 
Yeah, you're the only one giving us our team so far, so we'll oh, go back around. Yeah, we got to go back yeah. around. Got to make a point on Jones after he, uh, after he of finishes. Course, of course, of okay, course. Thank you. I think I w- originally I was going to choose the the Jets because they haven't been a complete embarrassment yet. <laughs> but uh, I think it, I'm, I'm going to go with New England because they're in a rebuilding phase. Last year they weren't good, and right now they are the they have a 2-0 record in the preseason. Haven't lost yet. Again, Mac Jones is doing well under pressure, and they have way, the points against and points for. They have just about, I mean, they're tied for uh, most points for out of any two-game team with 57, and they have, by a country mile, the least amount of points allowed by any team. So, I mean, the defense looks talented. They got a lot of guys back that stepped out because of COVID last year, and the offense is dare I say, clicking a little bit with their not, it's not stacked, but you know, their wide receiver core of uh, Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar and they're doing a good job and their tight ends are banged up too and they're still managing to pull this off you know, with their banged up roster, so I'm going to have to go with the Patriots dare I say, the, the evil empire is working its way back into relevancy after just one rebuilding year. Uh. <laughs> I think the key thing about the Patriots is consider who Mac Jones's offensive coordinator is. It's Josh McDaniels. McDaniels is one of the best offensive minds in the game. If Mac Jones was at anywhere else, we'd all be like, oh, Mac Jones is bad, Mac Jones is this, but he's got a great offensive coordinator in, in, uh, in Josh McDaniels. So I, I, I'm not going to give credit to Jones on his performance when it's really McDaniels who, in the scheme that they're using, is really beneficial um the team that's been the most impressive uh i know our, i know versalini's not here but i'm gonna go with the ravens they've looked very good in the preseason 2-0 they have a very strong re- wide receiver core in watkins and so i think the ravens are really gonna be very they're gonna be very big for teams in, in, in the afc north and i think they're gonna be very challenging so i'm gonna go with the a- ravens i believe 19 post preseason games they've won in a row so i think they're they're very impressive i know, I know it's not the postseason in a row he can't win in the postseason. Well, Lamar can't win. Well, Lamar finally won a playoff game, so let's... Uh... And he's not a quarterback, but that's for another day. Uh, the most impressive team to me, probably the New York Jets. Zach Wilson oh, looked pretty oh. good at quarterback. They're 2-0 in the preseason games, and Zach Wilson has looked fine um, in the games he's played in. Most recently, 9-11, 130, and a couple of scores against the Packers. The Jets overall defensively, again, only 21 points allowed in two games in the preseason as well. They've put together... Um, a solid couple of games in the preseason. So maybe Robert Sala is turning that team around. And if Zach Wilson is able to translate what he's done well in the preseason to the regular season, Jets could surprise some teams in that AFC East division. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Jets as an impressive team for me in the first two weeks. They're just trying to get people's hopes up before they have to ground their plane at LaGuardia. So let's just uh, let's be a little easy on the Jets here. Yes, sir. And, and I think I'm going to go with the team that is um, that has impressed me the most. Um, I think I'm gonna go with him with the Jets because you have Wilson, but at the same time you have Lamichael Piron. He's a Gator. Um, he's a true runner. He's a hard runner, and I feel like any Gator that's in the backfield or any Gator that's on any NFL team, they're due to success. So, um, look out for Lamichael Piron and Wilson in the backfield, um, and just watch out for the Jets. They're ready to attack. That flight's gonna be like five minutes from Kennedy to LaGuardia. They're not gonna have no success this year. And I mean, this is the Jets without uh, Elijah Wilson too. I mean, he's he was. Elijah Moore. It doesn't matter. Elijah Moore, my bad. bad. Elijah, Elijah Moore. Uh, I mean, Moore has been when he was healthy before he he had a mini quad injury. But I mean, 
he's he was lighting it up in preseason. I mean, he could be their number one legitimately this year. I mean, <laughs> AJ Brown said he might be the rookie of the year. Oh come on, offensive Corey rookie Davis, oh, Denzel Mims. <laughs> but I mean, he's got that big playability. He does. He showed it at Ole Miss. I think as soon as he gets on the field, if there's going to be one guy on the Jets that you know Wilson airs it out to, it's going to be him. Oh come on! You might as well I think, you, but, but people are just ripping the, on them because of the, the Jets. Five minute flight from LaGuardia to Kennedy. They're going to be horrible. They're going to lose every game again this year. No, they're not. No, they aren't. No, they're bad. No, they're not. No, they aren't. They're, they're not. not talented. No, Justin. really. No, they're not. They're not talented. Okay, why are they not talented? First off, they don't. The, Rob Bob Sella, he brought in a lot of talent with Robert. Uh, Robert. Robert. Sella, Robert Sella, whatever that his name is. <laughs> he try. He's trying to build a defensive court here. The NFL is an offensive league now. Almost every good coach in the National Football League, except Belichick, has a defensive as an offensive component. Defense is not the key component to win games. It's the offense. So you look at Zach Wilson. He's a young quarterback. Just consider the Jets' pass. Darno was horrible. Sanchez was horrible. I can't even name the other 20 quarterbacks they had in between because they're they it's not a good situation. Well, the, I mean they've they've rebuilt their entire offense. They're very young. You know, they have they have Wilson and That's QB. bad. They got my, they got the extremely talented Michael Carter at running back who's looking to take yeah. over the lead job the lead job there. And you oh, know, I as much as you mentioned LaMichael P Ryan solid. Mm-hmm, P so. Ryan P. Ryan was good last year, and his, I mean, when he got the opportunity, P. Ryan really showed what he could do. And, I mean, people rip on their wide receiver core because Darnold wasn't able to do a lot with him last year. But then again, that was an Adam Gase offense. Yeah. They have Crowder, who is more than capable of being, a, you know, a solid number two wide receiver. And he's, a, you know, he's a slant guy, uh, you know, slant route guy. And then you have, you know, you got Elijah Moore. Mims has been. St- I was just about to say Elijah Moore. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, bro. More, I mean, they got Mims, who, I mean, when he was on the field last year, he showed a lot of potential. And then they have Corey Davis, who they signed for solid between number one, number two money, and he broke out last year. I don't, you know, I look at their offense, and they have a new offensive coordinator. I don't, I don't see how they could be nearly as bad as they were last year. They have 17 chances to win one game. Can I, can, can I, can I make a guarantee here? Hurt them anymore. This is like Case the is very, gone. very last point. Can I make a guarantee here? Go, go ahead, Zimmer. I guarantee this. The New York Jets will be in last place in the AFC East. Guaranteeing this. Guarantee. So now you you went, we convinced you to go from they're going to win football games to they're going to get last. Oh, heck you, yeah. Originally, you said they weren't going to win a football game. <laughs> yeah, that's last place. You raised the floor. Guarantee. They can, they can go 6-11 and 11 and be in last place. No, they're not, they're not going to go 6-11. and 11. No, they're not. Over, they're, under, three and a half games. Under. Over. Guarantee they're finishing in last place. You can clip that, by the way. <laughs> All right. Well, man, nope. Nobody's gonna take the three and zero Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, we'll, we'll see if that costs you coming up next because we're making our first cut right I'm after this. Askins. <laughs> so, coming up next, one of these four contestants who've been battling hard will leave the show, and then the three remaining will. Battle until we have a winner. We'll return with Sports Buzz next. Oh, Daddy, Daddy. 
Daddy, Daddy, can I really choose any doggy that I want? You sure can, Peanut. Oh, look at that one, Daddy. He's cool. You're darn right, little girl. I'm the essence of cool. I enjoy long walks in the rain and the occasional bath. Plus, I love to be rubbed behind my ear. Wolf, baby, wolf. He's a little too big for our house, sweetheart. Let's see what else they have. How about him? He's really happy. Oh, 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 oh. pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. Please, 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 please pick me. I'm very cute, cute, cute. Little doggy, I can do lots of tricks. Watch this. It's a flip. He's really yiffy, Daddy. I don't know if I want him. That's fine, kiddo. How about her? Oh, darling, you are so terribly adorable. We would have such an amazing time doing each other's nails. Oh, Daddy, she's beautiful. I want to take her home with me right now. Dogs and cats with a variety of personalities are available for adoption at the Cabell Wayne Animal Shelter. That's why I've got my little buddy here. That's right, that's right. You can help some of my furry friends by listening to this message of hope from WMUL. Hmm. Really dragging. I think I'm going to try some of those energy shots everybody's talking about. How about trying WMUL energy instead? WMUL energy? What's that? Only the best energy you can get. What flavors does it have? It comes in seven exciting flavors. Bluesberry. Jazz Pizzazz. Absolute Alternative. Resilient Rock. Ultimate Urban. Rejuvenating Gospel. And Moxie Mornings. Available everywhere WMUL-FM's energy may be heard. Your home for award-winning coverage of Marshall Athletics is right here on WMUL-FM Huntington, WFGH-FM Fort Gay, and WTHM-LP Ravenswood, West Virginia. And welcome back into Sports Buzz. You know, this this is the only part of the show that I don't like hosting. It's so much fun until you have to boot somebody off the air. And... This week, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Elijah. Did, did a really good job your first time, man. Uh, everybody else did really good as well, but we'll go ahead and give you what, give us a few parting words after your first time. How'd you feel, man? Um, honestly, it was a great experience. I enjoyed it. Um, I was around some precise and detailed people that know their sports very well, so it's a learning experience. So next time, I just got to come a little harder. I highly appreciate it, and I wish the best to these guys. Be successful in life. Well, thank you very much, Elijah. can already tell we're going to love having you around the staff. Look forward to hearing you possibly on next week's show. So it's down to three now. Got about 25 minutes left on the show for one of these guys to separate themselves from the bunch and be tonight's winner of Sports Buzz. And I know everybody, especially here at the sports staff, loves their basketball. We'll go ahead and get into some NBA talk here. What team got the most well let me rephrase this which team had the best offseason we'll start with andrew rogers best team with the best offseason in the nba get the campaign ad ready here we go hmm lakers (laughs) wow i'm gonna go with the lakers what a surprise because listen they needed another playmaker and and listen because they need a guy other than LeBron and AD to carry the regular season load. LeBron is way too deep into his career to carry the load and be expected to do the same in the playoffs. And AD, we all know, has injury history and has not been healthy for a full season recently. So it's important to have a third star, and they didn't have that on the roster. Dennis Schroeder was essentially their quote-unquote third star, and he was not a star to begin with. So you go out and you trade for Russell Westbrook and give away Kuzma, who was underachieving uh, from what they had thought he would be. Um, they get get rid of KCP and a couple of first-round picks. So you won that trade, 
but you're getting getting a guy in Russell Westbrook that is a triple-double machine. He carried the Washington Wizards to the playoffs, and that Wizards team is terrible. They got the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, so this is a guy that is still playing really good basketball. He's shown that he, when he's healthy, he's playing good basketball, and I think he'll have a healthy season, and his job is to carry the regular season load. So the Lakers are in a good spot come late in the season. It takes pressure off LeBron's shoulders to be able to perform as often as he needs. Now, LeBron's still going to be LeBron James because he's the GOAT, but Russell Westbrook can now provide extra offense, athleticism defensively. He's a good rebounder for his size. He provides them with what they need, especially in the regular season. Shooting is their issue, and they've got they signed some other guys around, like Malik Monk was a great pickup, a young guard that's coming off his best season from three. So they have the pieces around them, and I think getting Russell Westbrook allowed the Lakers have, to have the best offseason. Well, we thank you for listening to the uh, LeBron Fan Club Hour uh, with the Lakers. Um, I'm actually going with the team that actually that that uh, that traded Westbrook away, having a good offseason, the Washington Wizards, and I'll, I'll tell you why here. And this isn't because our, our colleague Verzellini, Nick Verzellini, was a Washington Wizards fan. Let me let me just put it this way: Kuzma and KCP are young players, and the Washington Wizards are getting ready to start a rebuild. So you're so you're getting so. The Wizards have to decide, okay, we have to make Bradley Beal happy, but we're, we're, in an, we're in an awkward position where we have two stars, but we're not sure how where we're going to go. And they said, and I think the Wizards looked at their situation and be like, you know what, we're not in a position to win right away. We're going to trade our best star away, and we're going to expedite this rebuild a couple of years by bringing in Kuzma and, and Pope. Now... A lot of times people say best offseason is the team that is going to have the best impact the next year. I, I, I really don't believe that at the time. Because I think sometimes if it, the teams that sometimes have the best offseason are the teams that are rebuilding. Because they're the ones being like, you know what, if we get a great player, we can expedite this thing a lot quicker than if we just sit around and wait for the draft and let's hope where luck falls our way. So I think the Wizards, because they were very smart, because they they – now I think they're going to be able to keep Beal around, which is going to be key for that rebuild. But also, they're getting the pieces in place to have a quicker rebuild than a 5- to 10-year gap. Justin has a good point there. Where it's... What was... What did you... Can you say what you said just one more time about where the, you know, the best the best team out of the preseason isn't necessarily always, you know... No, they're I mean, not. The, yeah. be, the best team out of the preseason. Here's what the preseason is. It's just a money-making spectacle. We all get to sit here, we get to talk, and we get to say, oh, this team's going to be good, this team's going to be good. Or off-season, my bad. <laughs> Off-night. It's uh, just a spectacle. I think, I mean, everybody's going with their homer picks because Justin, you're a Wizards fan. He's a Lakers fan. Well, he's the president of the LeBron fan club. Yeah, if, if LeBron, so uh, you know what? If LeBron was in New York, he'd be going with the Knicks right now. Trust it's, me. I could classify That's this as correct. a homer pick because I'm a fan of the team, but I legitimately think that they are the off-season winners because I think they've set themselves up very nicely for the next coming years, the Boston Celtics. I think the Boston Celtics have done a great job. Uh, Brad Stevens, I mean, they lost their uh, their longtime GM, Denny Ainge, gone. So they have to fill that gap, and in a very shocking move, they moved Brad Stevens up. And, you know, a lot of people were kind of ribbing on Stevens because he didn't do a lot in the early part of the preseason, or in the off-season, excuse me. And what he did is he ended up now the Celtics have a lot of tradable uh, tradable contracts 
So if they, you know, they might not be the best team this year, but they can set themselves up for the future. If they want to trade for Bradley Beal, they probably can do that. They got Dennis Schroeder on. They got Dennis Schroeder on an absolute steal of a deal. After the, I mean, Schroeder made a big mistake not taking the Lakers deal earlier in the offseason. So now he's taking a. I mean, it's barely anything with the Celtics, but he's such an impactful player that. I mean, that was just a phenomenal signing that they were able to get him for that that less amount. And then on top of that, they went out and hired another coach that I think is going to be arguably just as good as Brad Stevens and uh, Ime Yudoka. I think they're very stable. And that's a great thing in the NBA is stability because either there's so many teams that are sinking or they're way too inflated. And the inflated teams are going to come crashing down just as soon as they went back up. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Celtics because... They're just a couple pieces away from a, from being a you know loaded team once again. I'll go away from the Lakers. I don't seem like a homer, but there was a couple of teams in the Thank East you. that were really good and better than the Celtics and Wizards. The Wizards aren't going to make the playoffs this year. So I'm aware of that. I can't I'm consider aware, that I'm a good offseason. Well, it is because you're getting yourself ready for a re- you're getting you're going to expedite the rebuild in the future. That that's a good offseason. You're incorrect. I disagree with that. Your but pirates are doing that. The Chicago, my bringing out the Pittsburgh reference. I said, uh, listen, trying to get okay. the Chicago Bulls got Demar Derozan. They got I signed Lonzo Ball. They already have Vucevic and they have Zach Levine. They have a really good team. And they did they rebuild? No, they built around Zach Levine. They went out and got a star in Demar Derozan who's capable of doing well. They signed Lonzo Ball and they traded uh, toward the end of last year for Nikola Vucevic. So. That is, to me, is better than bringing in Spencer Dinwiddie and whoever. Or did who, did Dinwiddie go to the Wizards? I believe so. I think and bringing in Kuzma and all these other pieces because those I'm are not guys worried about that. are I'm just unproven and they haven't really shown to be good. So you're just they could be good. A that, bunch that, of guys around because the Lakers said, "Here, we don't want them because we're getting well, Russell Westbrook, the, well, they, a triple double machine." The Miami Heat. They brought in Kyle Lowry. All right, well, let's go back to the situation on draft night. What was the situation? Okay, so yeah, so here, so here's your potential offer here. So you have the Westbrook deal. Are you going to offer up a first round pick for Westbrook? And the the Wizard, and the Lakers are like, no, what? Probably not a good idea. We don't want to lose our first round pick. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give away two of our young good talent, and we're going to send them to Washington. I don't know if I consider for, Kyle for, Kuzma young good talent. I mean, he's young. He's young. That young young leads to potential. Here's the thing with Brad Stevens, and I know I was a, a, a Celtics fan here, so I'm gonna be very careful with how I say this. He is a college coach first. As a general manager, this is putting him more in the position of what a college head coach does in recruiting free agents to come to Boston. So this is gonna. So I think this is this is not gonna be as okay. I'm gonna go recruit this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. The reason why they got guys late is because Stevens can probably now go ahead and recruit, and he was very good at Butler. He w- he was a tremendous head coach with the Bulldogs at Butler. So the Celtics, I think, are going to this, let's play it like college, let's recruit guys, because we have a g- general manager with that background. I mean, I <laughs> after the Ainge years, which were so up and down, because they were making the, the later into the Ainge era that they got, the more erratic all the free agency moves you know, were made by it the Celtics. It was working, though. No, I mean, it was, in the playoffs. it was working, but, I mean, we made the playoffs, but we didn't do anything. I mean, every every year they would fall to an, a bigger super team. Okay. And the Celtics were never able to capture 
quite as much. I, I mean, I still think Boston's a piece away. That's what I'm saying. Is They're that still a piece away? That's why I'm saying that I think they've done the best job because they've set themselves up where they have the they have the I guess the tradable players that they can you know they have the package that they can trade for that one piece. They can send Robert Williams to somewhere. I mean, they got. I mean, Schroeder's only going to be there for one year, but I mean, they have Tatum, they have Brown, and. Would you, know. you rather have Dennis Schroeder or Kemba Walker? I mean, that's what I thought. I would rather have so Kemba. It a good off season if you lose Kemba. I'd, I'd rather have Charlotte Kemba. Anyway. I would have rather had Charlotte. How about Kemba Cel- Celtic Kemba or Lakers Dennis Schroeder? Lakers Schroeder. Really? Yes. You saw his playoff performances, right? I think he he'll be on him this path to They're not redemption. going anywhere. Schroeder to Boston and KCP to Washington combined to score zero points in a game four of a western of a Western Conference series. That's oh, impressive. But who's on the roster in the, the Los first Angeles. time ever that's look. happened in NBA history where a starting backcourt went scoreless. And yet they're going to two teams where you said had a good offseason, and Ben said he'd rather have than Kemba Walker. But I mean, there's no way but it'll happen again. Up the That's such a rare statistic that Here, it will never happen again. They're the, not good players. <laughs> yes, they are. Otherwise, otherwise, your Lakers wouldn't have been offered to why sign was, him for so why, much money. At the time they offered it, yes, he was worth it. And then they realized, oh, good thing he declined that because what did he end up signing for? Mid-level exception, and he was like one of the last free agents signed for for a reason. Because his agent screwed it up so bad. Get a he better was, agent. The Lakers are looking uh, around <laughs> Pacific Palisades right now, just dumping out cash on the side of the road. Be like, anybody want it? Here we go. Let's just anybody want our cash? If anything, that plays into why the Celtics got him on such a steal of a deal. Oh come! I'm on. gonna wait and see. There's no way he's better than Kemba Walker. He's just going to take the ball out of Jason Tatum. He's got a one-year prove-it deal. I think he's going to be – I think he'll be better than what Kemba was with us. come on. (laughs) Zimmer, no. KCP is not a good addition to the Washington Wizards. He's a young talent. He's young. (laughs) Here's the thing about – He's like 28. Here's the thing – well, okay, one veteran. But here's here's the thing about a rebuild. You need to stack your weapons wisely to rebuild your team around. So so I don't mind that he's 28 years old. some guys reach their potential light, their career highlight. So you're just trying to hope that his peak is within his time in Washington. All righty. I told you they were passionate about basketball, folks, I didn't I? So you, you could see there. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And we re- when we return, we will have one more cut and then the final round of Sports Buzz and crown a championship champion for the night. Don't touch your radio dial. Captain Pollution, I use my landfill powers to keep the people of Huntington satisfied with their consuming lifestyles. People enjoy the easy life, and what a success it's been. I have this region ranked in the top 25 nationally for air pollution. Is that a blue sky off in the distance? By using the citizens of Huntington to recycle their aluminium cans, plastics, paper, grocery bags, and glass, I will drain you of your landfill powers. That's only the beginning. Soon they'll be reusing or donating items, even composting. My influence over this valley comes through the people themselves. 
Their attitude of using this scarred will always keep them under my power. This valley will never witness your fantasy of clean, Mr. Green. This consuming lifestyle is a facade, keeping dirty reality hidden. Stop listening to Captain Pollution's garbage. End the trash talk. This message brought to you by the eco-friendly WMUL. The adventure of a lifetime. Destiny will be revealed. Bear witness to a living legend. We've got to get out of here. I know! It's coming! No. It's here. The Cutting Edge. Slicing through the airwaves to a radio near you. WMUL 88.1 FM. Are you tired of missing your favorite WMUL programming? No worries. Check out WMUL's online archive at marshall.edu slash WMUL. Every episode of our news and sports programming, every story from the New Center 88 and FM 88 sports teams, and much more. Marshall.edu slash WMUL. And welcome back into Sports Buzz. Time to make our final cut of the night before the final two battle it out for the winner of this week's edition of Sports Buzz. And our final cut is going to have to be Ben Cower. Ben, you did a great job tonight. Andrew and Zimmer are doing really good jobs. Well, you're all doing great. I, I want to hear Zimmer and Andrew keep arguing back and forth a little bit longer, though, honestly. But let's hear your, your final words here. Well, I, uh, I had fun on the comeback tonight. Uh, I guess the was it the Celtics that did me in? I don't know. I had fun. That's all that matters. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who wins here. Justin's next to the blackboard. He's going to write something out. This is about to get interesting. Don't turn the channel. Thank you for having me on. Well, great job, as always, Ben. I know what wasn't necessarily the Celtics. It's just, just these two, or I don't know. They're just great back and forth with each other so far tonight. But let's go ahead and get into our next question here. We're going to stick in the NBA for at least one more question. This was a highly debated thing right after the 76ers were eliminated. What's going to happen with Ben Simmons? It's no, Nothing's happened yet. There's been a lot of trade talk. A few teams have been mentioned as interested. Everybody knows he struggled mightily in the playoffs. Do you think he's going to stay in Philadelphia long term? If you do think he's on the move, what team do you think would be a good fit, or where do you think he could land? We'll start this one off with Justin. All righty. Well, I, I think he's on the move. I, I think you look at his confidence from last season, and it really went down late in the playoffs. So I think if you're Philadelphia, he's a he's a real big liability to your team in any chance of postseason success. So I think you have to move him now. Where do you put him, and how? I, I I don't think he's worth a first rounder. I think he's going to be worth a second round deal. You might be able to package maybe a late second round into the next year as well. I think the best fit for him is uh, New Orleans. I think New Orleans has had a lot of trouble. I think they lost Lonzo in in, in the offseason. and I think New Orleans they have Zion. They kind of need to maximize on this potential that they have with Zion Williamson. I think Zion just keeps getting bad team after bad team after bad team, so he really hasn't a chance to prove himself. So I think New Orleans, Simmons can kind of be a guard there again, but also 
the New Orleans is not re- really in the competitive window yet, so they kind of have time to kind of get his confidence up before he actually has to do something clutch in the postseason. Appealing to me for Ben Simmons, his destination spot is the Golden State Warriors. I don't think that happens, though, but it would be very appealing to see Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Ben Simmons. That's a very good lineup. I think it's intriguing because he can play the four, the five, and he's a versatile playmaker at six foot nine, six foot ten. But I think ultimately the best situation for him is just, just to kind of reset. And I think Philly at this point knows they probably should get rid of him, and that's in their best interest too, because they haven't been able to win with him, and they need a guard. So my first thought is thinking maybe Sacramento, De'Aaron Fox is a young point guard that's shown a lot of uh, promise, and that's been with the Sacramento Kings team that's not been very good. So you f- you flip Ben Simmons, maybe you get De'Aaron Fox in return and hope Sacramento does that deal, and then even C.J. McCollum and, and send Ben Simmons to Portland. Could uh, keep Damian Lillard there in Portland, and it, it gives Ben Simmons a, f- a fresh start there, and it gives what Philly wants in return, which is a playmaking guard that can shoot the basketball. Ben Simmons can't shoot, and they, that's what Philly's lacking at the guard spot is a playmaking guard. So I think if one of those two teams, those probably being the best options, whether it's Sacramento or uh, Portland, are two really good options for Ben Simmons to go there and kind of reset things because those two teams don't have great forward play and they can get a, a young playmaker in Ben Simmons, but it also helps Philly. Uh, well, I, I was writing down your trades up here, your, your potential trades that we got here. So I I, I think the second round picks the best way to do it. Here's the thing I think with Portland. If Ben Simmons gets good, Portland's going to have to open up the cash bank and actually have to deposit a lot of money into uh, into Simmons. You already have Damian Lillard. I think you've already made Damian Lillard happy this offseason. You hired Chauncey Billups. I think Lillard's satisfied for at least a year, so let's not... Golden State Warriors, I don't think... Go... If Golden State... Golden State has injury problems the last couple years. So they're not really healthy, so I don't think Simmons is not going to want to go to a playoff contention team. All right, let's go to the third team on that list, Sacramento. De'Aaron Fox, he's a good guard, but again, I think Simmons is going to have some say here. He's a playoff-caliber player. I don't see any of these young teams. Maybe Portland's the only playoff team in there, but I don't see Sacramento and Golden State that are very young getting into the Simmons game. The best op the, the best option without any of these teams giving up is a draft pick, and there's and there's a very good option up there in a second round pick. You think Ben Simmons is worth a second round pick? I mean, I don't think he's very good, but he he's got a lot of potential. He's worth more than a second round. I pick. wouldn't put a first rounder on him. After the playoffs, I would not put a first round pick on him. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's probably worth more because of his age, but I wouldn't. His 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 lack of three throw shooting clutch in the fourth quarter. I if I were a GM, I would not. I mean, he's still a, a a top three defender in the NBA. He's a really good defender. I got that, but I wouldn't be willing to to break the bank on a first round. If he is traded, it's going to be more than a second round pick. You you could do a package deal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying with a guard. They're, the Philly wants a guard in return. Philly does not want a second round pick. A second round pick does not help Philly's you, chances. You could put a first rounder in that deal. Though. You just told me Ben Simmons isn't worth a first rounder, though. You're saying he is. I'm just saying. In, in, I mean, he your, is worth more than that. In your, okay, he's worth more. So you could combine my stance with the second-round pick. You could add a first-round pick in addition, and then you get 
in your opinion, what he's worth. His, his lack of shooting confidence in the playoff alarms me. That's where I got the number second round pick from. Teams are not going to invest in a guy that's not good in the postseason. But they'll invest in him because of his age. He's so young, still very young. I I wouldn't invest. He'd have to prove it before I, I'm willing to break the bank and make a large investment. Even if you're a bottom feeder like yeah. Sacramento? Yeah, I, I want guys who are proven. Minnesota? In that situation, I'd look into it. What's uh, the difference? Because if you're a playoff caliber team... Minnesota's not a playoff caliber right. team. Minnesota, I understand. Sacramento isn't either. They're right. essentially the same team. But you'd have to want to give up a first rounder. They're not going to be willing to give up a first round. So your best option for the Sixers to get any team that's going to be willing to trade is a second round pick. If you're a bottom feeder team, you're not going to give up a first round pick. Fair. Another good round of debate there, guys. Let's go ahead and get into what very well could be the last question of the night. Just have a few minutes left in the show. And we'll go back to another NFL question here. This was highly discussed in the offseason. Would Aaron Rodgers even return to the Packers? He is coming back for at least one more year. He's saying it is his last year. But do you think... If the Packers were to win a championship, that could possibly change Rodgers' mind. Now, he was very vocal about his frustrations. Those are evident, but they were very close to winning it all last year. If everything works out, could you see him staying? We'll start this one off with Andrew. I don't know. That's an interesting situation. If you win a Super Bowl, I feel like you would want to come back. But at the same time, Aaron Rodgers, to him, that can be like, look, I don't need help from the organization to win football games. Bye. <laughs> so I could definitely see him leaving. I think he's probably gone regardless. I mean, he could win MVP, win the Super Bowl, buy, get every meal free in Green Bay for the rest of his life. He's probably still leaving because he's so fed up with the organization. He's out the door. I think he's he's, he's got two options. The Jeopardy gig's now reopened, so if he's very interested in that, he can just go off to Los Angeles, just do the Jeopardy gig. Well, I think he's got. I think there are three potential suitors that are looking for a quarterback. Uh, we'll start off with the Denver Broncos, the Washington Football Team, the New York Football Giants, and the Oakland Raiders. So I think they're the quarterback market is very intriguing for Rodgers if if he's fine if, when he finally says, you know what, I've had enough, and I think that's at the end of this year couple of good answers guys i i could say i uh i probably agree uh with what andrew said there if he wins it and goes out on top could like he said he's just gonna he already is a green bay legend but if he goes out on top like that that, that's that's a dream scenario he's just out of green bay yeah okay he's out of green bay so i'm just saying there are options available for him but it is time now to announce a winner for this evening's contest and I'm going to have to go with Andrew Rogers as the champion of the first sports buzz of the year. Andrew, go ahead and take a, a victory lap here. What would you like to say? I mean, just good to be back talking uh, sports with, with the people, with the guys. So looking forward to the rest of the semester, the rest of the year in total. Sorry, Justin. I mean, listen, can't always get the job done. Well, we're good job, buddy. <laughs> Alrighty, well, a great job by everyone tonight, and thank you to all the listeners for tuning in and listening to tonight's 
show. Uh, we really appreciate it. We will be back again next week. The time will be fluctuating for Sports Bus, so just keep an eye out. It could possibly be starting at an hour later on regular time, but we will be here every week on Wednesday, so make sure to tune in for the latest episode of Sports Bus. Thank you. Have a good night.